You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, former prep course ops superintendent and current special reconnaissance training guru, Trent Segmiller. All right, everybody. Welcome back to One's Ready. You're in the team room. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's happening a little bit right now, and it might be implemented on a larger scale basis in the future. That is the Special Warfare Open Enlistment. So we're going to discuss how that affects you, what we think about it, and uh, how to get your mind right for, for what's coming down the pipe your way uh, after you enlist. But first, as always, we just want to say thanks. Thanks for going on uh, to YouTube, to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, and everything else like that. Uh, I've been told that my Spotify playlist, though, is for your parents and grandparents. So go ahead and get them on there uh, to subscribe to my awesome 90s playlist. So they'll love it. You might not like it. It's not for the kids. When we talk about the special warfare open enlistment, what we're talking about is you will no longer um, potentially, uh, and we're doing this on a small scale. I'm sorry. This, it is what it is. There's a lot of change right now. But you, you could go into the Air Force with an open uh, special warfare contract. And that means is you will not be tagged with the PJCCTSR or TACP AFSC before you join. You will join, and then once you get past uh, BMT and you get into prep, uh, we're going to start looking at you, and we're going to start assessing you psychologically, physically, everything else, uh, to get you into the right place within special warfare. Uh, so this is going to uh, change everything quite a bit. So the first thing we did was we made all the standards the same. So all the AFSC standards coming in the door are the same. And then now... Uh, we're going to bring you all in together and then we're going to move you all around and, and put you in the right place. And obviously, I think you're still going to have a say a little bit, especially if you're a performer on where you go. Uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about. So when I say SWOE, uh, Peach, and, and, I, and I just go over, imagine joining uh, Special Warfare Open Enlistment. Like, what is your first reaction to that? And uh, how do you think that you would deal with that coming in new? Oh, well, admittedly, I'd be a little bit hesitant at first. Um, yeah, I almost feel like we, we need to take like a breath for everybody that you just hit with a hammer, right? Like, yeah. the, pe- the people that are listening right now, that is such a huge change that's coming down the pike. I feel like we just need to have just a quick moment where everybody collects themselves because collectively, I can feel the feelings, both from the operator side and from the guys that are guys and gals that are getting ready to get in. I have to imagine you just hit them with the knowledge nuke of a lifetime. So... Man. Yeah. And I've been getting these questions for like at least a couple months now because yeah. I know that there some are the people that have been putting it yeah. out. Yeah. It's been implemented already from some of the people and they're saying, you know, the recruiters are telling people, Hey, um, you might be going to this soon. Like this might be coming down the pipe and it is difficult for you to like, I want to sign up and I want to be a PJ or I want to sign up and I want to do a CCT, whatever. It's definitely um, a change, but we're going to talk about, you know, some of the upsides and how you can kind of balance that out. So yeah, good, good pause for taking a break. Aaron. <laughs> good, good, good call. Man. Okay. All right, All right, everybody. Hey, we're, we're going to get through this together. This is, this is us in the team room. We're going to do it. So, so peach man, man, break us off. How, what, what are your initial feelings? Well, I initially, I'd be probably a little bit, uh, hesitant or a little bit pissed off about it, I guess, if I already had, had something going on, but I, as somebody who's just been in for a while and doing it, and especially where special tactics is at now or special warfare is at now, I think you'll find that we we all end up in the end on the same team, doing the same mission sets, supporting the same people, um, same training, same gear, same opportunities. 
Um, and I, I think this has been a long time coming and I wouldn't get like knowing all that. And I know that's easy for me to say on this side of that assessment and selection in the pipeline, but I think you'll find that it's still going to be rewarding. You still could end up getting exactly what you want. Um, it, yeah, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be a PJ or CCT or an SR or anything like that. It's just, um, the aperture is, is somewhat open and I think it's important that, and, and I, I'm sure you guys are going to deal or dive into this Trent, but, um, you know, how these guys are being selected for whatever particular job, but just at least initially I'd be upset about it. Knowing what I know now, I, I think you'll find that it's not going to be any different because we're all operating on the same team at the end. So. Right. And, and I think this is a new thing for special warfare on the Air Force side, but this isn't this isn't unusual uh, for the military and especially yeah, for the, the soft side at all. This is this is actually the standard for everybody else. Right. But I mean, I, I, I can imagine where where some of the, the young guys are out there are right now. And I, I just want to throw it over to Brian and ask like the worst possible question, like, say uh, you join and you <laughs> want to be a PJ. Uh, you're at ANS and they're like, your hair's not good enough. You're going to have to be SR. Uh, <laughs> knowing what you know now and where you're at, uh, you know, how would you deal with that? Or, or what would be your advice for a young guy that comes in and, um, you know, his limited knowledge and his dreams are crushed, so to speak, or he thinks they're crushed. Uh, what's your advice? Yeah. And back to the hair thing, you know, it's always <laughs> that competition, you know, it's tomato, tomato, you got your, it's a little messed up there today, but, um, <laughs> I so I got to, I got to say, honestly, you know, I just like Pete just said, I would be a little bit taken back because, you know, I joined the air force to be a PJ and that was what I was looking for. Um, but kind of looking down the, the broader view, because when you're coming in, you're like, this is all I can see right now. This is my, my whole thing. Um, I think there is a lot of tribalism within, you know, all the different career fields. Cause that's just how we are. We're like, I'm a PJ. These guys are wear a different color hat, so they represent a different thing. Um, so they kind of just the competition is always there because everyone's got that mentality. Um, but I, I think in the end, I would have learned a lot, and um, I'm sure I would have enjoyed the whole SR career field and being within that scope because you still get a lot of the same training. There's still the opportunity to help people, and you know, you at very least, if you're going for medical skills in general, then you'd be able to pick up some of that and learn all that within the career field. So it wouldn't be terrible in that. And then if you're still stuck on it, you're already in the career field. You're already signed stamped, like you're part of special warfare. Um, I'm sure they're going to open avenues for people to continue to transfer over or do different jobs because like I said, it's kind of a lateral transition at that point. I don't know. That's um, something that they're I'm sure going to work out here in the future. But um, at the end of the day, you know, they all have awesome mission sets. They're all awesome dudes. And it's really about being a part of the team um, in the Air Force because you're going to get treated, you know, the same as if you're doing a different career field. So um, it, definitely you're valid to be a little bit upset at first, but move on from it and realize that this mission set is what you're signing up for and not just a specific skill. Right. So that's what I would say. Right. It's more mission focused. And then I'll say like with the, the amount of medical training I've gotten as a, as a, where I'm at is, is pretty robust. So, um, I love, uh, a medical trauma or trauma situations. Like it's one of my favorite things going through those situations. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not a PJ, but, um, 
I want to talk to Aaron a little bit about it too. And I, we're not trying to insult anybody's intelligence out there. And we know that you guys are all doing your research. Obviously you're watching uh, the podcast or listening to the podcast. And so you want to know what's going on. Um, but Aaron, do you think that when you join, you, you have all the information uh, that you need to fully make that, that decision for you? Or are you in a better position than the, the cadre and the staff to, to really make that final determination? And it kind of sounds weird, but that's the question. No, I, I know exactly what you're getting up and what you're, what you're teeing me up for here. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm the worst man. I, like I am an early adopter for change. I, that's just how I am. I want to stay relevant. Not now in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years. And people are always worried about, you know, I'm, I'm going to rant here for a second. People are always worried about a couple different things that I'm going to get into. I'm going to answer your question first though. Um, man, I didn't know what I didn't know. Like looking back on it now, like looking where I see special reconnaissance going, Man, if you go back, you know, 18 years to when I got into basic training and special reconnaissance, what I think special reconnaissance is going to be, if you put that back at the beginning of basic training for me, man, I'd have a hard choice between PJ and special reconnaissance. I didn't know what I didn't know. Looking back on it from this side, I had no idea. And there are going to be tons of people. I don't know how many people I was at NDOC with that changed their minds. And yeah, they, they quit or they left the career field. You can phrase it however you want. But they were like, hey, man, I didn't know that I was going to like being a combat controller as much as I did. I didn't know. Like, this truly was my calling. And I had no idea. You know who does have an idea where you fit in? The instructors at ANS. This, this move makes a lot of sense to me because you can actually get evaluated. Right now, what it looks like is if you raise your hand and you say, I want to go be a PJ, you go to ANS and you just had no clue, had no idea. The only option for those ANS guys are like, sorry, you didn't meet the standard, get out. And then they try to move you to one of the other career fields. Well, now with this move, what they could do is they could look at a whole pool of people and be like, hey, man, I know you said you wanted to be a combat controller. Have you ever thought about being a TAC-P? Have you ever thought about being a PJ? I think you would fit in perfectly. I think this truly does suit your specific skill set. I think you'd be a great special reconnaissance man, right? Like, I think this gives us freedom to look and evaluate people from the subject matter experts and get you in to where you can best serve and get after that mission. Now, you might not like hearing it. You might not like hearing, uh, you know, you came in to be a PJ, but I want you to be a combat controller or vice versa. Or you came in to be a TAC P guy. We want you to go special reconnaissance. You may not like that, but those are the subject matter experts telling you, hey, this is what I think you can do. I think this gives us more freedom than it does anything else, especially on the instructor side of it to say, hey, this is where I think that you could really get after it in the battle space. Um, I, again, this is just me being an early adopter. This has kind of been a rumor mill thing for a while and hearing that we're going forward with the SWOE, the special warfare open enlistment. I, I think it actually gives us a lot more freedom and it gives the people coming in a lot more freedom, train hard, go in there and kill it. And one of, one of the things that, you know, we talked about just before we got on here was we work in a meritocracy. If there's the ability, I mean, I, I'm going to let you talk about it, Trent, cause you're the subject matter expert, but Maybe you go in and crush it and you be undeniable. If you want to be a PJ so bad that you you earn each breath, then you better go in, you better crush A and S. I see this as a challenge. And that's how I would that's how I would address it. Like Yeah, I, and I think I just want to piggyback off the things that you're saying right here, just because when I was, you know, in instructor status, we had a lot of guys that didn't make it through Indoc, obviously, and then eventually they're kind of given the option of like you can cross train into whatever other career field or you can you know, go into the regular air force or some of them didn't even get the option to cross train. So I think if you're already in that pool, it gives people that lateral movement and saves time for everybody. Um, 
within that course to be like, all right, here you go. Just boom, you're straight over here. And then, yeah, or you absolutely. go to PJ, you go straight to here. That way we don't waste time with people being in SAT status. SAT is students awaiting training. It's what you do after you kind of fail out of a course and you're waiting for a different course, whether it's the same one or a different one. But it saves a lot of time for everyone that's going in. And this way you kind of actually get exposed to all the career fields because originally you would only get exposed to the PJ instructors or you'd only get exposed to the CCT instructors if you're going that route. So um, this way you hear all the stories from everybody and kind of you can see which one you would like to be more like just based off of their personalities and the type of uh, information that they're going to feed you because they're going to give you lots of options. They're going to more than you can actually just hear right here, but you can ask them, you know, specific questions straight up. But I think um, at the end of the day, it saves a lot of time and um, really helps you make a more informed decision. Well, and I think it helps the the new guys coming in to narrow their focus, right? So instead of uh, you joining up to be a particular thing and worrying about, um, you know, what do I need to read and what do I need to do? Should I be an EMT before I join and all this yeah, other stuff? All that stuff. Holy cow. Stuff, what? stuff yeah. that we're going to get you like, just, we're, we're kind of taking that off the, off the table and being like, dude, just train uh, and, and get here and, and perform. And then once, like everybody's saying, like once you meet the instructors, once you see how your personality kind of mixes with all the other people, uh, once you you really understand the mission sets, um, that that's when uh, those decisions can be made. And uh, you know, if you're a performer, I, I can't imagine that uh, you wouldn't be able to get what you want because that's kind of how our entire community works. And, uh, exactly. And I, there were so many guys that weren't able to make it through in doc because of whatever one certain standard that we used to have. And they had the attitude that we needed. And that is exactly what we're trying to do is make people that have that attitude and those personality traits to keep them and keep them in the special warfare community and not just fall off to a different kind of community. Because if you're applying for this, most likely you're a quality person. So we want to keep all those people. So, in it. A question then uh, from my end is, and uh, granted, this is probably changing uh, since the course is a living, breathing thing. But is it a certain percentage? And I, I probably wouldn't dive into specifics on what the percentage is. But <laughs> then, is why, a, then why would you ask, Peach? <laughs> well, I mean, because it, because if we say it's the top twenty, then next week it's fifteen, or you know what I mean? Well, so yeah. What would it? So the top percentage, they get to pick whatever they want, or how's that work? The, the none of that. As far as I know, none of that's been determined yet. So um, th this is kind of like a we're moving in this direction. We just wanted to get out here in front of it, uh, and that way no one is surprised. Uh, we have the best informed listeners out there, so uh, you guys can get your minds right to, to start moving forward. So at, at the end of the day, just perform to the best of your ability. Be the best person you can be. And uh, even if you end up in a, in a different career field, you'll probably look back in a few years and think that that was the best thing that ever happened for you. Um, uh, and if it's not that we we're, we're moving towards a place where the AFSCs are less important than the, the mission sets. Right. Um, so whichever AFSC you're in, or you end up in, if you're, if you're a worker and a performer and you get after the mission sets and, and you start to cross pollinate a little bit, which I know all of us, all of us have done. Uh, I talk about the medical training I've gotten. Uh, I talk about the, the survey school I've been through some of the, uh, the other training that I've gotten with some of the combat controllers and the TACPs, um, we all kind of end up in the same place, getting after the mission sets in slightly different ways. So I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And it just, it allows people to focus and just work your hardest uh, to get to where you need to be and focus on the mission. And I think that's, that's really what 
is at the root of all this is we're focused on the mission as opposed to having all these little tribes of dudes with different colored hats, you know, puffing up our chests and talking mad crap, which we'll still do. Um, uh, yeah, but, and, let, and I want to pause there, man. Like uh, people jump to these wild conclusions like, oh, it's the death of pararescue. It's the death of combat control. Oh, listen, if you guys want to be completely irrelevant, then focus on the past. If you want to evolve and become somebody that's a lethal warfighter, man, let's let's go forward together. That pararescue has a rich history. So does combat control. Special reconnaissance is Sauti before it. Like there's a rich history, and we're not we're not discounting any of that with any of these moves. And and guys kind of like make this binary choice where they're like, well, it's all one career field now. Now we don't even have any history. No, absolutely not. We get to be part of history moving forward. With, uh, you know, and I, we, of course, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Of course, Pitsenbarger is still going to be a name that people that do personnel recovery, um, you know, they, they, they look to that archetypical sort of PJ guy. This doesn't affect any of that. It's just moving forward because we're doing global access strike and recovery as mission sets together as combined teams. So why not start out together as combined teams and go forward? It just again, this is me being an, an optimist or an early adopter, but I, I'm totally I'm like, man, that makes a ton of sense. Let's get the right person first and then get them into the right job second. That's all this is. Right. And if, if you possess the, the characteristics for one of the AFSCs and you get picked up, the, the odds are that it, you're just you're just going to be a good operator regardless. And um, uh, I kind of want to get uh, Peach's strategic level take on this, the whole special warfare concept and kind of where we're going and where this came from uh, and, and the, the positive changes that we're moving towards and kind of where you see all of these changes going in the future, uh, just so kind of people have a frame of reference for why we're doing what we're doing and, and where it's going to end up at. Um, man, chief. So <laughs> <laughs> strategic level. Yeah, hey, uh, there's there's a banger out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> careful. Did I not warn you for this one? Sorry. <laughs> oh, you didn't warn me on that one, so I didn't formulate a uh, uh, answer. But understand that where I work right now is I, I don't think of Air Force. I don't think of Navy. I think of of everybody as a special operations community and enterprise. So I, so we, SOCOM, and I can't speak for Special Operations Command, obviously, but um, from a strategic level, we have to look at current and we have to prepare for emerging threats that, are, that are, we're going to face later on. And in order to better prepare that, special warfare has to move in this direction um, because, and I've brought it up before, it's not only right person, right place, right right time. And I use the bus analogy. We want the right people on the bus. We want the right person in the seat. And we want the right person driving that bus. Um, so that, and that's what we're going for. That's what the instructors are looking for. And that's why they're assessing you that way. And then kind of also driving you like, hey, we're going this way. We're going that way. Um, and, and Aaron, you're right with the whole early adopter thing. Uh, I am also an early adopter. Uh, at least I, th I like to think I am. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not as early as I as I think I am. But um, I think this is the right direction for us. And, and you're right. This is not new. The the other soft communities, um, you know, Navy, Army, they they do this as well. We're just a little late to the party, if you will. 
Yeah. And I'm, you know, the Air Force wasn't even a thing until 1947. Right. So while we are innovators and we are on the leading edge for a whole lot of things, there are some things we're lagging behind. And this is a step to get on par with our joint counterparts. And we can say everybody like imagine the team rooms where we can finally all look at each other and go, hey, man, we all went to the same selection. That takes away about 45 percent of the, the crap talking in the room. I get it. But holy cow, like the efficiency that we're going to build in by looking for those right people using the great data that we've got from ANS on how to pick up the right people with the right personality traits and get them performing in the right mission set. Because that's the the big thing here is it's, it's mission sets. People need to stop focusing on AFSEs and talk about mission sets. What can we do for the larger enterprise? And this is just a step towards those things. Um, Trent brought it up earlier, but it's, it's really funny. Like imagine for a candidate that's about to come in, imagine not having to study anatomy and physiology because two years down the road, you want to be a PJ. Imagine just being able to train for selection. Like, of course, you're going to have your preference. Like, yeah, I'd like to do the recovery mission set. Well, like we talked about on the, the podcast we just did with, with our JTAC, guess what? I have JTACs on the personnel recovery troop. So mm-hmm. guess what, man? You're going to get to do that mission set from any one of these. And you essentially opened up your ability times three to stay in the special warfare career fields if you'd like to. So, yeah, I just, I, but, I don't know. But it also goes back to, hey, if there's work that needs to be done, it doesn't matter what your job is. Nope. It doesn't matter if you're a PJ, controller, SR, TACP, you're, you're one of our armors or our vehicle maintenance dudes. There are, there's work to be done. Do it. Yep. Yeah. No, I right. totally agree. This, this is where I want to go instructor on all the good guys out there. If they're saying anything negative and be like, my AFSC was just changed. So suck it up. Yeah. yeah. Like, no say. No say. And listen, man, like, I mean, this might, this might be a hot take or it might rub some people the wrong way, but if you want to go the way of South E, continue to be irrelevant don't evolve because that i mean that's that's what happened right they looked yeah. at slow t and they were like they're not bringing the capability that we need them to so they changed them you want to talk about erasing your history you want to talk about damaging uh, whatever continue to be irrelevant or continue to stop evolving and that's where we're all going to go so listen guys I, I got it like this might be it might cause some feelings i know it's going to cause some feelings on the operator side of the fence i'm positive about it in all the career <laughs> in all the career fields like i can already hear it coming right man can't get out of it, get into it, and affect this change positively and go forward. Oh, Bill Adams quote. Had to. I had to. I'm telling you, I just steal quotes from people. Excellence is a habit. That one's mine. <laughs> That's not Trent's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just want to go into a little bit. Like, when you're going through the selection process, no one is sitting there um, with with their, their hats of different colors being like trying to snag up students or anything like that. We're objectively assessing the students we're objectively ass- assessing the needs of the Air Force and um, and the needs of the operational community, and that's how the decisions are going to be made. You know, your your abilities, uh, your personality, everything that you can bring to the table, what needs to happen uh, overseas and operationally, those are how these decisions are made. We're not. I'm I'm not going to walk into an ANS and start kicking down doors and being like, all these dudes are SR dudes now because I said so and on whatever else. First of all, I couldn't do it. But um, <laughs> what, you couldn't, you couldn't physically kick a door in. Oh, no, you, oh, I, got I, don't, I don't I don't have enough of these things uh, <laughs> to, to do anything. Um, but uh, 
just like when I was at the two, three, like everybody assumes that we fight or whatever it is, or maybe they do and maybe they don't, but like we all get along and we all understand each other's uh, uh, mission sets and skill sets and, and what we're doing. Um, and, and we're, we're all trying to look out for each other and we're a single community now, uh, so to speak. So it, it's going to work out, I think for the positive in the long run. Um, and then like, uh, like, uh, Brian was saying, if you're in uh, PJ Indoc back in the day and you decide you want to be a combat controller, cause you're hanging out with those bros after hours and you decide to switch over, like that's the only thing you could do was quit and yeah, hope and you, hope that they went, you had no option. Like you go, like imagine being locked into the debt program training for months, maybe years to yep. get in, to go to basic training, to go to assessment selection, only to find out that your personality works better somewhere else. Right. Like you had, you had no options. And, and it I works out also, better for you. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> it, work, the, it works out better for you. <laughs> hey, guess what? Maybe you just don't like medicine. You may think you like medicine, but, mm-hmm. uh, like, <laughs> you know, and I think one better. of the, one of the reasons why we have this perspective is because we all went ST and we worked together before we went to specifically like a rescue squadron yep. where we're all, everyone is a PJ or whatever. So we got that opportunity. Like my first TDY was with peach and we did, I was doing ECAS on the mountain with a bunch of CCT dudes. It was me and yep. another dude, Mike, and we were doing, you know, cast. So, you know, you get to appreciate what these guys are actually doing in their side of the job and you get to actually participate in that whole thing. Like I've gone out and set up charges and do all that kind of stuff, even though that's not in a PJ's mission set or whatever, but you know, having that experience and being able to move away from just, I have to be the medical guy. No, it's just like all these guys are saying, like anything that has to be done on the objective, you're a force enabler. If you're able to, you know, see different sides of things or solve a problem that someone else, you know, who didn't pay attention to what the CCT guy was telling them wouldn't be able to do. So being able to have all of these skills and options just makes you more lethal and more of an asset on the battlefield. So that's what we're trying to make guys and train them to do is, you know, jack of all trades kind of thing and that's going to be everyone out there on the battlefield we want you guys to perform and we want that personality not just specifically a guy that's really good at um only doing an iv or only good at on talking on the radio we need well, to be good at everything you bring up this weird thing and it's this weird intangible thing i can't describe it i, I can't explain it but we are tribalistic and personality types like controllers gravitate towards other controllers. We have like a setup. No, ki- it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like seer guys are seer guys. EOD guys are EOD guys. And you can tell them a mile away and PJs are PJs. You don't understand how or why or what the deal is, but that's no kidding a thing. And th- like when you're getting in, you have no idea what those personality types are like. You don't know if you're going to get along with those dudes kind of in that room. Um, and it's one of those things that you can no kidding figure out while you're at that SWOE sort of that special warfare open enlistment sort of environment. That's going to be a thing that we're going to be able to leverage. And I think it'll help us with the the marketing as well and getting the word out is, is Air Force special warfare as opposed to yeah, uh, absolutely. trying to individually go out there as, as AFSCs and say, hey, and we're fighting against each other instead of just bringing people in. And I, I've told people before, I didn't know any of these existed when I joined the Air Force. Um, and when I got the opportunity to jump at one of these AFSCs, uh, I just took it and I wasn't like, well, I'd rather be this or this or this because it fits um, my personality type. No, I had no right. idea. Yeah. No, nah, nah, I'm a super nerd. So it, it worked out for me really well. Um, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? All I cared about was, was getting after the mission, you know, and, and, and contributing more and doing, uh, getting closer to where the rubber hit the road, operationally speaking. So guys at the, at the end of the day if you, if you want to scratch that itch if you want to get out there and, and make a difference and, and do the right thing 
uh, take the fight to the enemy, it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, you perform, you keep moving forward. Uh, you're going to get your opportunities. So I, I just wouldn't get too hung up on it. And, and honestly, you guys don't have the, the, all the, all the knowledge that you need to make an informed decision. I know that that sounds mean to say, but it, it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I certainly didn't, you know, I made this decision, you know, literally within, you know, I told the story on the YouTube channel the other day, but literally within a couple of days, I was at a recruiter. I was like, yep, PJ sounds great. I want to do that. I had no, like, man, I didn't have any of the information uh, that I actually needed to make it looking back on it. It worked out great, you know, but yeah. man, Right, well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to belabor this too bad. I, you know, I don't want to keep kicking the dead horse and, and talking about specifics too much. But guys, this is something that's coming. Um, anybody have any? Anybody ever think about doing a different AFSC or any parting words of advice for the new guys coming in? Um, um as I was already a combat <laughs> controller, no, <laughs> I will. <laughs> But you know, originally I I came in as PJ because I didn't know about combat controller. Uh, until Indoc, so, but knowing what I know now, I would not have made a good PJ. I would be, I, a, I, I just, would not be a good controller or an SR guy. I'll tell you that straight up. I don't, I don't know if I could hack it over there. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, I enjoy medicine. So whenever we get to do live tissue and and I get to do rescue type stuff, like it's fun and I enjoy it. But the way you guys are going are able to triage patients and stuff. I mean, even now I still have a problem remembering, you know, ambulatory and walking <laughs> wounded and, I, you know, like which one's a priority. I have no idea. I always, I always need a refresher, you know. Just give him ketamine. He'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And I think Pretty solid. one of the big things that I used to tell guys back when they were, I show my beret, be like, hey, this is a hat. This is obviously the only reason that this has any meaning to it is because of those people that have done before. And again, we're not losing our heritage, just like Aaron was saying. We're not going to forget about all those people that came before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. We're going to remember and learn from all the things that have happened in the past. And the reason why the beret at any color, whatever it is, has any meaning is because of those people that came before us, the amount of time you put into you know, becoming and focusing on the mission, the the time you've sacrificed with your family and you're going to sacrifice, you're still going to do that no matter what color hat you have on. Um, you know, just don't just stare at a color and be like, that's my color. I have to be that or any of that. It's, it really has to do with the people that you're going to spend time with in the team room or overseas. Um, and then, you know, those sacrifices that are going to be made in the future in order to make the mission actually happen. And that is really what is going to make you you know, look back on your career and be like, this was totally worth it no matter what. And the last thing that I want to say is, you know, people, no matter who you are, eventually you're going to cross train because you're not going to be able to do this for the rest of your life. You're going to have to figure out something else after you're done with this career field. And, you know, you take from it, like you said, the experience that you have, the time that you spent with all these people, and that's what makes you the person that you're going to be once you're done with your career in the military or even if you cross train to a different one, because you'll always have the opportunity to cross train. You don't have to continue to do 30 years in any career field or 40, whatever. So that's, that's final thing that I want to say on that. I think that about wraps it up as per usual, the boss coming through, cleaning <laughs> up our messes and, uh, and putting a nice tidy bow on it and making it it's worth listening to. So um, guys, we just want to, and gals, yeah, we want to thank y'all for, for listening and watching. Also check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, 
uh, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us some comments. Uh, let us know how you're feeling, what you're doing, where you're at in the process. And uh, reach out with any questions you have. We'll try to address it uh, either on the podcast or some YouTube videos. Uh, so earn each breath. Get out there. Stay motivated. Uh, we'll see you all next time. This one's ready in the team room. Later. Later. Train hard. Light it.